The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Where were you on Monday, August 21st, 2017? Welcome to ACB Reports for September 2017. On Monday, August 21st, much of the United States experienced a solar eclipse. The path of total darkness began in Oregon and moved across the country to South Carolina, providing a very rare coast-to-coast -coast experience. The American Council of the Blind Audio Description Project teamed up with the Tennessee School for the Blind and ACB Radio to broadcast an audio description of the eclipse as it passed through Nashville, Tennessee. For those who may have missed this coverage, and for those who would like to hear the highlights again, ACB Reports presents this condensed replay of that broadcast. The stream will briefly drop out in a few places, but those interruptions were edited out as much as possible for this program. You can hear the full broadcast, including lots of sun and moon music, on the archive page at acbradio.org. The audio-described coverage of the eclipse began with Dr. Joel Snyder, the director of the ACB Audio Description Project. So in just about 30 minutes, the sun above Nashville, Tennessee, will disappear from view. But through the use of succinct, imaginative, and vivid language, that's what audio description is, hopefully the event will be accessible to the millions of people worldwide who are blind or have low vision, or anyone who wishes to experience a verbal version of the visual. And we think that sighted folks actually can appreciate a different language-based perspective on this important event. So you can hear the images translated into words. As many of you already know, the eclipses in its totality will be accessible to people in the United States in a diagonal corridor, a 70-mile swath of land stretching Oregon in the northwest to South Carolina in the southeast. And when we noted that Nashville, Tennessee is right in the path or region where the total eclipse is visible, we knew what to do. I got in touch with my friend Lori Ward, who is the marvelous manager of Audio Description Tennessee Performing Arts Center, as well as the good people at the Tennessee School for the Blind. And Lori Ward enlisted one of her top describers, Julia Coffin, to take on the task of preparing for the eclipse. So we'll bring our friends in Tennessee on so we can hear what you might not be able to see in the minutes leading up to its totality and then its aftermath. First, we thought we'd share some pertinent information, even a little bit of trivia about a solar eclipse. This path where the moon will completely cover the sun, allowing the sun's atmosphere or the, the corona to be particularly and astonishingly evident, is like a stunning halo, really, a ring of light around the edge of the dark moon. Observers outside the path will still see a partial solar eclipse, a total eclipse of the sun. That happens when the moon gets between 
Earth and covers up the sun. It just so happens that the moon and the sun, as seen from Earth, are the same size in the sky. So if the two are exactly lined up, the moon can hide the sun from our sight because the sun, of course, is so many, many times larger, but the moon is so many, many times closer to us. When that total eclipse happens, the sky becomes dark, stars become visible, birds uh, stop chirping, and people have an eerie night in the middle of the day. Shadows become sharper. Temperatures may actually get a little bit lower. You may notice the absence of sound as wind dies down and living things seem to hold the breath. So for a second, there is a faint ring of the sun's last crescent of light and then the bright flash of the last. That flash is the light of the sun glimpsed through a valley on the edge of the moon. And sometimes there are red or pink prominences, small tongues of hot material jutting out. There may be what looks like a bright star not far from the sun. And this will not be a star at all, but rather the planet Venus, our near planet, whose cloudy atmosphere reflecting the sunlight very effectively. And then there may be another diamond ring around the shadow of the moon as the sun emerges from behind the moon. The whole, whole thing takes just three minutes or so. The next eclipse to go through the continental U.S. will be on April 8th, 2024. Mark your calendars now. So the exact uh, cosmic lineup, the total eclipse, will last a maximum of 2 minutes 40 seconds in the center of the moon's shadow. And that's actually short for a typical total solar eclipse. Some can last 7 minutes. The exact time it lasts depends on your location in the shadow band and will likely be less than the maximum. The closer you are to the central line of the eclipse shadow, the longer you have to enjoy. So I think nowadays, in 2017, we have a pretty good idea of the science behind a solar eclipse, but it wasn't always so. People saw the sun disappearing in the sky, and they were frightened. In many cultures, the darkening of the sun meant the gods were angry with humanity and about to inflict some punishment. Often that meant that in order to appease them, you had to kill someone. Oh boy. The Inca viewed eclipses as a sign that the sun god Inti was fired appeasement with offerings. And even the Native American Tiwa tribe, an eclipse meant that the angry sun was leaving the sky to go visit his home. Aztec priests said the whole world would end. So every year on Four Olin, they would perform a ritual human sacrifice. Let's see, for Muslims, it's an opportunity to read a section of their scriptures that describes an eclipse occurring on the same day that the Prophet Muhammad's young son died. Imam Asif Umar said, he tells us that during that eclipse, Muhammad gathered the community to pray. Ever since, Muslims around the world recite the same prayer whenever they find themselves in the path of an eclipse. The concept is to observe that the sun is so much larger than the moon, but the moon is so much closer to the earth. It can show how the universe was created from the Islamic point of view. It's really a reminder of divine power.
Jewish tradition offers uh, specific blessings that believers should say, and uh, the Talmud actually describes an eclipse as an ill omen for the world. Hindu traditions are more specific. The guidelines for Hindus during a total eclipse don't eat any food booked before the eclipse after it's over. And if you've stored any drinking water in your house before the eclipse, get rid of it. Oh, here, this is a good one now. Try not to conceive a child around eclipse time. And oftentimes clothes are washed thoroughly following an eclipse. Sometimes the eclipses don't happen because the gods are angry. Terrible things are going to happen. Or because a demon is hungry or something. Sometimes a random trickster figure feels like being mischievous. Indeed, in ancient Persia, eclipses happened if the trickster Pari decided to butt out the sun just for fun. In the legends of multiple Native American tribes, the Menominee, an eclipse happens because a little boy has trapped the sun in a net. The boy refuses to release the sun, and an animal has to chew the net open. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Nashville, Tennessee, and Lori Ward from the Tennessee Performing Arts Center, as well as Julia Cawthon, one of their top describers. Julia, are you there and ready to go? This is Julia in Nashville. We are in a current state of partial eclipse. We are down to just the tiniest little sliver of sunlight. In fact, it looks something like the thinnest of crescent moons. The primary difference is that with the moon, a crescent moon, all you can see is just that faint light. Today, we can see a thin, thin light with a ball right in the center. So at the center of the curve of the crescent, we have a black ball. Now, this has taken about 30 minutes or so to get to. We started with just almost a bite out of the sun, just the tiniest bit of darkness. And then that tiny little curvature of darkness grew and grew and has slid across the sun until now we are in this state of curvature. In the courtyard at the School for the Blind, because we have so little sun and because we do have a bit of cloud coverage, it is already quite dark. It's like the cloudiest of days. Just a faint gray light is passing over all of us. There are probably 100 or 150 of us all desperately looking up into the sky, hoping to see something truly spectacular. At the moment, we have just darkest of rain clouds sitting over the sun, and it is about to open into a hole, so we'll be able to see absolutely everything here in just moments. Now, that tiny sliver is beginning to shrink so that it is just the thinnest little thread on the left side of the sun. Just a tiny little thread of light and everything else is almost black. We can see faint beams shining down in different directions, but to be honest, they are incredibly faint. This is one of those rare times that we can see them. Normally, the sun is so bright that we can't even really see the beams. We know they're there, but we can't see them. And right now, they just look like streams of white 
kind of shooting down from the sky. Are you in a total eclipse, uh, Julia? Not yet. Literally, it is just a tiny, tiny little string <laughs> running about halfway around the sun. It's not all the way around, just just on that left side. And, of course, from the NASA feed that we're also following... Uh about the sun in totality now, but we, I'm not absolutely certain where their cameras are, are pointed, but we're getting a, an image of total eclipse, just a black ball in the sky surrounded by the sun's corona, bright rays of light shooting out from all around 360 degrees around the moon and sun. We're hoping we'll be to that very soon <laughs> right now. It's dusk. I mean, it is literally dusk here. The temperature has dropped significantly, and we have a faint breeze blowing, which is great since it's 94 degrees here. And we have approximately five minutes until totality. The crickets have started chirping. There's just a faint rumble running through the crowd who's here. Other than that, it's been literally silent. No birds, no dogs, no traffic noise, just silence. But now we're starting to hear crickets and I believe a cicada or two. And they start to kind of trill up and down and trill up and down. But beyond that, everything is completely still. It's about 125 in Nashville, uh, and yet it probably feels like it's 7.30 at night or 8 or something. It really does. And we're at four minutes until we have what we are hoping is totality. And the sky is getting just ever so slightly darker. The colors are changing. I read an article that that might happen, and it is. Instead of this kind of crystalline turquoise color, the sky is now becoming this kind of hazy, deep, muted blue. And the clouds that are in the sky don't seem quite so defined, except for one that's directly across from our vantage point of the sun. And at that spot... The clouds are perfectly outlined. It looks like they're bursting out of the sun. It is getting even grayer here. The trees are now a deep olive tone of the leaves. And the crickets are starting to get a little bit louder. Julia, I'll be reading some excerpts from Annie Dillard's Total Eclipse, a marvelous nonfiction piece that she wrote describing her experience of a solar eclipse. Since you're in partial eclipse right now, I want to read one quote from her work. It says, seeing a partial eclipse bears the same relation to seeing a total eclipse as kissing a man does to marrying him, or as flying in an airplane does to falling out of an airplane. That tells me you've got something coming up in just a minute or two. I am really looking forward to it. And the crowd is starting to get a little excited. And it is quite dark here now. It looks as though a storm cloud has rolled in and we're about to get just the biggest downpour. But that's not it. It's, it's the eclipse. The more I see of this, the more I understand why ancient cultures were afraid of this. Because in many ways, it does kind of seem like two great gods fighting and one starting to overtake the other. And it's close to late night 
right now. Everything is deep, dark. In fact, many people would probably hope for street lights. It is so dark. It is literally dark enough to be about nine o'clock at night here. And we can just barely see the faintest of streams of light coming out, shining from behind the clouds. And we're starting to see stars. I mean, these stars are brightly piercing the night. Yes, it looks to me like you're approaching totality. Yes. And it's so interesting because in the distance, while we're here in such a dark, dark place, I can see off in the distance where it's still quite light. It's almost dusk there, but late night here. And the clouds have turned to this really inky, deep, deep gray-purple color. Can you see the corona? Go ahead. I'm sorry, the, the, the corona of the sun shining out from beyond the moon? We're having some difficulty seeing that. We have a cloud that's wanting to pass by and talk a few things. But as I get tiny little flashes, I can see, I believe they call it the jets. And it almost looks like a mist, just a deep fog forming around the sun. And that fog is just kind of settling and ever so slightly rising beyond the sun. And in that fog, I can see shades of and blue and a pale, pale yellow. And it's a little tough to see, but I believe there are these moments of spiraling where this fog is kind of turning and spiraling. Aside from that, everything is dark. Can you see your hand in front of your face? I can. Ah, uh, we are seeing just a tiny burst of sun coming through that darkness now. And that sliver is beginning to grow just a bit. And for us, the clouds have opened up. Excellent. And the sun and this tiny sliver are just peeping through those clouds. And it almost looks, because before, it was so dark, and the moon was covering in such a total manner that it was like this deep gray light, and almost the sun had been traced in a gray circle around it, so you could just barely tell it was there aside from mist hanging above it. But now, it's as though a laser is cutting the shape of the sun out from that dark shadow and that dark sky. And so we're starting to see the outline of the sun grow. It was just the tiny little piece, but now that line is moving further and further around the sun and more and more of the sun is being revealed. So it looks like a, a crescent moon and yet the light you're seeing is from the sun. Yes. Opposed to being reflected off the moon. So you must be going out of totality now, is that right? We are. We're exiting totality. And in fact, everything is starting to get a little bit lighter. Where we had that deep, inky sky, we're starting to get back to these shades of gray and pale, pale blue. It's still very faint. Not the vivid sky that we expect to see. But we're starting just to see those shades of blue again. And now the sun 
and moon have moved to the point that it is a true crescent. Because the sun is the crescent, it's incredibly vibrant, almost electric. And the crescent has now become about the size that we would expect to see from the moon. It was kind of the letter C, and now it's much larger. We're not quite to something like a, a slice of orange. We're not quite that thick yet. We do have a very clear C, and the shadow is starting to move off toward the left as more and more of the sunlight is revealed. A crescent sun. Yes. Oh. And... As that crescent begins to grow, in some ways, thankfully for us, we have a very thin cloud that's covering it. And so we feel perhaps a little more protected than some people do. But the sun is reflecting off this cloud so brightly and we can still see that electric crescent, but it's making the cloud itself glow. And so we have this beautiful kind of thin, fluffy curtain that we can see through and as we look through it we can see this bright ever slightly morphing crescent that gets slightly larger and larger as the shadow slides away i just noticed that the crickets have stopped they were in full trill literally just two or three minutes ago and now They've all but stopped. I hear one or two way, way in the distance. But beyond that, it's becoming day again. And so all of our kind of nocturnal sounds are gone. Those few stars that we could see so brightly just piercing the sky are now gone again as well. And it's starting to look something like late dawn. We don't have all those pinks and of dawn, but... The way the light falls on the ground, it's starting to be just that moment of dawn right before we go, oh, it's day, I have to get up now. Now we have almost half the sun, I would say, but the cloud coverage is starting to get thicker. And so we still, again, feel very protected. But because the sun is getting brighter and brighter, this cloud coverage is attempting to go over it is really glowing and I can see at the very back because it now looks incredibly three-dimensional we see this kind of dark dark facing of the cloud and then behind it we start to see the texture you know we always think clouds are fluffy and we kind of see the edges peeking out of these clouds but the very back of the cloud that's receiving the highest light does have the faintest pink rosy pink glow to it and I believe that it's Bacolist yet. Half a sun is better than none. Isn't that right, Julia? Yes. <laughs> but I guarantee you're going to get the whole sun back shortly, very shortly. Yes. It won't be much longer now. The sky is starting to get brighter, and we are at, perhaps at that moment, the very last moment of dawn, we're starting to see the turquoise colors again. And the sun's rays are becoming quite bright. Where were it not for some of the clouds here, they would be very difficult to look at. And we're seeing less and less of those faint little misty white lines falling down to the earth. Our eclipse is almost over.
What about the temperature, uh, Julie? You said about an hour ago it was 90-something? or Yes, it was 94 degrees to begin. And, and wow. right as the sun went almost a total eclipse, it was literally maybe 10 degrees cooler, and there was just a faint, faint breeze. It was considerably less humid, oddly enough, but maybe it was just because it was so much cooler. And now it's starting to get toasty warm again. And now our crowds are starting to go in because the most exciting moments are over. But we're not quite at full sunlight yet. Still have a little bit of the moon's shadow covering the sun? Yes, just the faintest little bit, but it's also kind of tucked behind the clouds. I think we probably have maybe five or ten more minutes, but the most exciting moments, um, the darkest moments, the moment of totality, that's over. So our crowds are starting to slip away and go back into their classes, or (laughs) a few kids are going to the playground because you're outside, so you have to go to the playground. And the rest of us, well, we're just hoping for one last glimpse we got to say thank you to Lori Wolfen, our expert describing team in Nashville from the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. David Martin, Brent Cordes, and Jenny Robinson at the Tennessee School of Mind. They really made this happen. And, of course, our own Dan Dillon, who you heard from, a board member of the American Council of the Blind and also with the Mid-Tennessee Council of the Blind. Larry Turnbull was our expert engineer, the uh, manager of ACB Radio, and we literally could not have done any of this without Larry's help. He's been great. And I also have, well, I have to thank our leaders, of course, Kim Charlson, the president of the American Council. When I proposed this idea a couple months ago, she just immediately picked up on it and said, make it happen. And Dan Spoon. Dan is the chair of the steering committee of the audio description project. I'm Dr. Joel Snyder, and if you know folks who missed this broadcast, once again, it will be archived at ACB Radio. You can find a link to it at the website of the audio description project, and that website, www.acb.org slash ADP. You've been listening to the audio description of the solar eclipse that occurred on August 21st, 2017. This description was provided by the ACB Audio Description Project in partnership with the Tennessee School for the Blind and ACB Radio. You can hear the full broadcast of this event on the archive page at acbradio.org. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.